Hello and welcome to episode three of our Lenten devotional series. Um, my name is Mary and I'm here with Pastor Ben, Jenna, and Pastor Jason. And um, if you haven't watched the first two episodes, we really encourage you to go do that. While these can certainly stand alone, um, they really beautifully build off of each other. Um, if you haven't noticed uh, how we've been kind of approaching this is by looking at the lectionary, which has scripture passages um, actually for every day, but we're specifically looking at the lectionary passages from the Sunday of each week. Um, and if you're like, I don't even know what lectionary means, um, there's a liturgical calendar, not like Pathways Church, but the Big C Church, so the Universal Church Body of Christ across the world um, that has this calendar with scripture passages for every day. We're looking at Sundays, and it's just a really, I think, a really beautiful yeah. thought that on any given day, a Christian from all a Christians from all around the world could be looking at the same verses. Um, mm -hmm. And we were even kind of talking about how I mean I don't know the history of the lectionary, but whoever put it together clearly did it so intentionally that mm -hmm. um, we just see this beautiful thread being woven um, throughout the Bible. Um, so uh, today, these are the verses we're going to be unpacking. Um, if you want to jot it down, we'll also have it in the body of the post as well for you to reference. Um, but we're going to be looking at John chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. We'll be looking um, at Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. Um, Romans chapter 4 verses 1 through 5 and 13 through 17 and then we'll be in Psalm 121 but before we get to scripture I kind of want to hear um, some of your histories with Lent like did you grow up doing mm -hmm. Lent uh, what was your experience like if we want to just maybe go down the road yeah. so ben. okay I can go first yes yeah um, Lent is something that I'm like pretty unfamiliar with um, I grew up in a very Catholic town um, so like I had friends who practiced Lent, um, but my understanding of it was just like, oh, it's a Catholic thing. I don't really know anything about it. We didn't practice it. We didn't do anything with it or really engage with it. Um, and I mean, my friends who practiced it didn't necessarily enjoy it. Okay. And so it was like, oh yeah, all right. Well, it's that type of season. There's fish fries on Friday and you know, things <laughs> like that. Um, but I had no idea really like what it was or why it was or, or anything like that. Um, so I don't have much of a background with it, but a little bit. That's so, cool. yeah. Yeah. What about you, Jenna? Uh, I did grow up um, with doing Lent as a kid um, and grew up in the Catholic tradition. So it was very much a part of like what we did as a family. Mm. Um, and then as I grew up, I kind of moved away from it, maybe to the extreme because it started to feel legalistic to me. And maybe mm. from the point of view that um, in my early years of faith, it was maybe like, this is what I'm going to give up this season. Um, and so it became more of like a chore of like, what is the reason why I'm giving this up? And I probably wasn't making the connections that I should have um, and have only recently really begun to bring it back into my life. Mm -hmm. um, and just really look at this period of more of a time to lean into the idea of waiting um, and tying that to the idea of Christ's suffering. Um, and so mm -hmm. it has been something I've practiced in recent years and kind of been looking and how to incorporate that back into my life and even my family's life as well. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Like Ben, Lent was not part of my traditions growing up. Mm -hmm. um, just very unfamiliar to the idea and the theme of it. And um, I really don't remember even hearing that much about it. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't so much like I would hear it and not participate in it. It just mm -hmm. wasn't part of my world. Mm -hmm. And um, 
same with I would say same with the lectionary. In fact, I yeah. um, just the, over these last few years have gotten familiar with Lent, and since um, my sabbatical this last summer, I've gotten more familiar with the lectionary. And I think I just kind of ignored it, didn't really pay mm -hmm. much attention to it. Um, but both Lent and the lectionary um, have been helpful for me over the years, and just recently, as far as looking at these texts that um, that are that are put out. And just this idea of, I think, Jenna, I understand the, the, the thought of it can, it can seem like legalistic or, you know, like this, is your heart really in it? Or are you just doing it for the ritual of it all? Um, but I think I've decided that that's my issue. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. I need, um, it's an opportunity for me to be more disciplined. It's an opportunity for me to, to practice rhythms in my life, mm -hmm. which is, I think, what the church calendar can help us do in the lectionary mm -hmm. texts. Um, but also Lent is part of that church calendar and developing that rhythm of, of what we've been talking about these last few weeks of, of a rhythm of waiting, of being um, prepared and mm -hmm. um, considering the cross. You know, we, this is a time where we're doing that. And mm -hmm. so I need to do those things. I need to mm -hmm. learn how to wait. I need to be, um, you know, be a better prepared person. Um, and I need to look to the cross. And so uh, the things that we're talking about, the scriptures that we're going over have been really, really helpful. Mm -hmm. That's good. Is anyone fasting or giving anything up this season? Just throwing it out? I know he's fasting. I am. I am. <laughs> and it, I, well, it's, it's kind of one of those like uh, everyday fasts where I only eat from 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. Mm -hmm. hmm. So, uh, and I get up pretty early in the morning it, I can get pretty hungry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so one o'clock is very like, oh, finally I can eat. <laughs> um, but then I try to be pretty disciplined about it. So if, if we have dinner or something and it's pretty late, like my kids even know, it's like, dad, you got to get that last bite in <laughs> before 9 p.m. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, again, I could look at that as like this legalistic thing, mm -hmm. but it's just an opportunity for me to, you know, have this discipline of, because um, every day I'm thinking about it yeah. and, and mm -hmm. why am I doing it? And, you know, what am I thinking about while I'm fasting? So, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's good. Mm -hmm. I'm fasting um, noise. Um, so mm -hmm. I have a period that I fast noise oh. every morning. Say, wow. and every evening. No, <laughs> that's okay. You're not, I'm not breaking my <laughs> fast. Um, just so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that is what I'm fasting. And just the idea of like sitting in silence with the Lord. Silence is hard. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever it practiced is. that discipline um, mm -hmm. or tried to make a commitment to it, but even like five minutes of fasting noise mm -hmm. feels very uncomfortable. So trying to lean into yeah. the discomfort of silence is mm -hmm. what I'm I doing. assume that's even like reading noise on your phone not that yes yeah mm. yeah yes because you can scroll on your phone in the quiet you could it's scroll true. it is silence darkness like mm -hmm. that kind of feeling of, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. i would say if i'm going to word it in terms of fasting i guess i hadn't thought about it in that term before but i'm fasting from speed mm -hmm. I'm, I'm trying to slow down and and so it's been like a theme of my year so far like trying to but like even more so in the Lent season of trying to slow down and, and read all the passages from the lectionary and, and actually like spend some time in them and seeing how they are woven together, mm -hmm. but also like physically slowing down, like trying to not walk as fast, mm. to not speak as fast, because mm -hmm. I can get that too. Um, so yeah, it's very challenging for me and I don't do it well every day, but I'm trying to trying to figure it out so so i'll try to be quieter around jenna <laughs> and i will make sure that you slow down mm, yes especially yes. as we 
talk in the next few minutes. Just mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. then, remember, <laughs> it's time to be slow. Yes. And we'll yes. annoy, ignore the grumblings of your stomach. Yes, <laughs> please do. Yeah. If the microphone picks it up, we know now what it is. Yeah. Yeah. For me, if I fall asleep here, just ignore that oh. because oh. I'm I'm doing the get up early. Although okay. I think, I think I you're saying could, you're fasting no, from sleep. Early. Not fasting yeah. from sleep, but just waking up a little early, kind of mm. similar to you, Jenna, in like sitting in silence with the Lord. But I haven't, I didn't think about it in the context of fasting mm. noise. Yeah. Um, mm. But yeah, just spending some more time with the Lord in the morning. I really love my sleep, so getting up a couple <laughs> hours earlier is like. I don't know, mm. but it's it's been mm. only rewarding so far. Um, mm. So yeah. Now some people feast when they're done with the fasting, right? So the fasting is during Lent, and then they feast on Easter. Mm. So what that means for you guys? Yeah. I'm just gonna ruin everywhere. I like where this is going. <laughs> Take a big bath. Mary's gonna mm. sleep in on Easter. <laughs> Ben's gonna be running mm. around everywhere in the church. <laughs> <laughs> Jenna's gonna have these giant headphones yes. on, just constantly sure. looking yeah. at her phone. Yeah. I'm looking it's forward great. to Easter. Yeah. yeah, and you're just gonna eat. I'm gonna eat on Sunday all day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love yeah. that. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Focus us, Mary. <laughs> okay, okay, let's reel it in. Well, today we are gonna look at the idea of believing in the dark, even in the most uncertain of times, and we're actually mm-hmm. gonna start out in John um, chapter three, if you wanna open there. And I think it would be cool if instead of me reading all of this, because it's quite lengthy from mm-hmm. verse one to 17, um, if we kinda all partake in this together. So mm-hmm. Jason, if you'd like to read for Jesus. Oh. Got the hair and the beard going <laughs> okay. for you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. um, ben, if you'd read for Nicodemus, all I'll right. start us out. And then Jenna, can you finish us with 16 through 17? Sure. Okay. All right, it's called, You Must Be Born Again. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus answered him, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Wasn't sure if I was supposed to read that. <laughs> I think I have a different translation. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sorry. Oh, that's all right. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, You must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases, you hear its sound but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can this be? You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus. And do you not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know, and we testify to what we have seen. But still, you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. 
There's a lot there. There is. Um, mm -hmm. But definitely, you know, if we're just even to look at the first half of that, we see Nicodemus, um, just this lack of belief and questioning um, of what Jesus is saying. And I know you guys have thoughts on that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I think you see here, like as we talk about this theme of uncertainty, mm -hmm. everything about Nicodemus right now, like seems uncertain, right? I think he's mm -hmm. uncertain about what he believes at this moment as a Pharisee, a part of the Jewish ruling council. He's uncertain about where he stands with the scriptures. He's kind of uncertain about who Jesus is, right? He's even uncertain about being able to approach Jesus because it probably would not have been looked well upon by his peers to come to Jesus. So he comes at night, kind of in the midst of this uncertainty, um, and Jesus gives him answers that, again, continue to make him feel uncertain. Mm -hmm. uh, so you can just kind of imagine this like inner turmoil that's going on in his head and his heart, um, trying to like figure this stuff out. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's a lot of uncertainty in these moments. Yeah, and I think that one of the things that um, can make us uncertain, especially when encountering Jesus, is maybe our um, previous understandings of hmm. what we thought Jesus was or who yeah. God is, hmm. yeah. right? And so um, it's very likely that Nicodemus, who's this, like you mentioned, Ben, just the, the higher up Jewish ruler, uh, Jewish teacher, um, knows the scriptures, obviously, you don't become a rabbi, you know, right. to, to, unless you know the scriptures. So he knows them, but he's seeing this activity of Jesus, uh, miracles and mm -hmm. even his, what appears to be his threat of the temple being destroyed, mm -hmm. um, which we learn later that Jesus is speaking of himself. But Nicodemus is hearing these things and wondering what this guy is all about. And it's possible that he's thinking, oh, Jesus is gaining this following. He's doing things that no one else is doing. He's making these claims that uh, seem to carry some authority and some weight. Mm -hmm. I wonder if I could maybe saddle up next to him. Maybe mm -hmm. he could bring about this freedom from Rome that we're looking mm -hmm. for. And so uh, the, those motivations that we might have, those self-motivations, might come in conflict with the God that we encounter mm -hmm. um, when we see more and more who God is and what he's doing. Pastor Jeff uh, has talked about that recently in the Gospel of Mark, of these different people coming and encountering Jesus and seeing him in different ways. Nicodemus probably sees Jesus a certain way and certain possibilities. And now this interaction, like you say, Ben, uh, is developing some uncertainties because Jesus is not signing off on mm -hmm. whatever he is coming to talk to him about. Mm -hmm. You know, he's he's quickly changing the conversation to a topic that makes him uncertain. Doesn't yeah. even really know how to, to answer <laughs> yeah. this whole idea of being born, born from above. Mm -hmm. And even mm -hmm. as Nicodemus interacts with Jesus, like he keeps trying to kind of like pin him down to mm -hmm. what he's wanting and what mm -hmm. he's hoping Jesus will give him. Um, and I like the tie-in that you made, even just like with our own uncertainties, that oftentimes when we come, like this goes back to this idea of Lent, we're, not, we're uncomfortable with sitting in uncertainty. Mm -hmm. Nicodemus was uncomfortable with what Jesus was doing and wasn't quite willing to just like sit back and watch mm -hmm. and try to see like, well, how is Jesus going to reveal himself? Mm -hmm. Instead, Nicodemus comes to him in the dark, almost like, I'm going to force you to reveal yourself to me the way that I want you to. 
um, which I think we can often do as well. It's like, you know, Absolutely. this is the way, yeah. this is what I'm going to kind of read out of this passage. Is this is what I need in life right now. I'm in this mm-hmm. moment of suffering. And rather than sitting here and waiting, like, instead, I want to, I want to force an outcome that mm-hmm. I want out of this situation, um, mm-hmm. which is, you know, why we are practicing Lent. Mm-hmm. Um, let's learn how to sit in uncomfortable situations and wait. Mm-hmm. I think that brings us into the Genesis text. Mm-hmm. I don't want to yeah. jump there quite yet no, because I, I feel we... like Ben has more to say about John. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think, yeah, I think we should definitely think about how, um, you know, our ideas of God and what we might have mm-hmm. understood him to be um, bring into those things that we, we want yeah. um, mm-hmm. in our lives. And, mm-hmm. and God might be saying, just be still, mm-hmm. you know, sit. Mm-hmm. Sit in the sit in the uncertainty. Yeah, and yeah. trust that I will reveal myself to mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I mean, I think there's there's some to to the point of like general what you mentioned of like he's trying to like pin him down to an mm-hmm. answer, and I think because we don't like to sit in uncertainty. Mm-hmm we try to pin that down as like, well, here's what's certain. Okay. So you say I have to be born again. Like, well, what do you mean? Like, I can't go back into my mother's womb. Like mm-hmm. what do you, I don't, I want to make this certain. So I understand mm-hmm. it. Um, cause I'm uncomfortable with the uncertainty mm-hmm. and, and we always try to move quickly to mm-hmm. find like, okay, what is certain? Mm-hmm. What, what can I hold on to as like this? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm feeling like a little shaky. Like how can I firm that up and, and be solid on, on, on this? And, and Jesus doesn't necessarily give him that in that moment, right? Mm-hmm. He kind of leads him into some more uncertainty mm-hmm. and, and brings him back to the Old Testament. And mm-hmm. um, so I think, yeah, let's let's not rush, mm-hmm. you know, like sit in that uncertainty, kind of what we did last week with like Selah and, oh, yeah. and kind of mm-hmm. pause in that moment um, and, and rest in that uncertainty, knowing that we know the one who is certain, mm-hmm. right? And that's the, the confidence that we have is not in ourselves or our certainty, but we are certain in the one who is certain. And so that's like really where our trust comes from. Um, and you know, Psalm 121, we'll get to in a little bit too, of like, where does our help come from? Mm-hmm. Comes from the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. And that's our certainty. Um, so yeah. even in the midst of our uncertainty, we can still be certain yeah. of some things at least. Yeah, and it's better <clears throat> that it's not on us. Mm. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. better that the certainty is not on our own ideas. Um, so are you, are we okay to go to Genesis? I think so. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so Genesis uh, 12, um, is basically this, this promise, uh, that God is going to, uh, bless Abraham, but it comes about in a certain way that, um, you know, I, I'm asking you Abraham, or I'm calling you out of your country, out of your family, out of everything, you know, um, and to a land that I will show you. And I find that fascinating the way that that's said uh, to a land that I will show you mm. not, Hey, check out this property that I've got for you. <laughs> um, let me bring up, is it Zillow.com? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Let me bring up Zillow.com. I got 21 images here that you can like scan mm-hmm. through. Think about what this could look like for you and your family. Mm. And it's not that at all. It's I'm calling you away from everything, mm-hmm. which I think we should assume there is uncertainty in that. Mm -hmm. And I'm calling you away from all that to a land that I will show you, which brings in this idea of trust. It is not Abraham's own understanding of of where he's going Mm -hmm. that that gives him that confidence. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is only the voice of the Lord Mm -hmm. and and the the promise of God. Mm -hmm. And that's what he's clinging to. And the Romans text... 
uh, if we if we get to it. But that that's a lot of that is Paul is drawing attention to Abraham's uh, faith mm-hmm. as being his what brings about the righteousness, not mm-hmm. his work, not not his um, his activity of like yeah. of, of knowing what's going on, but just that willing to trust yeah. in the Lord. And so he's going in the midst of that uncertainty uh, and he's um, we can talk about the blessing and the cursing in a moment, but there's, there is definitely a connection of Nicodemus needing to see, and we're going to see it more as, as we talk, uh, needing to see what God promised to Abraham. Mm-hmm. Because if Nicodemus is hoping for an overthrow of the Roman empire, mm-hmm. that is not the same language as I will make your name great so that I will bless you, but so that you will be a blessing mm-hmm. to the nations. Yeah. Right. It's just right. not, it's, those two things don't compute. Those don't, mm-hmm. those, those don't connect. To yeah. overthrow the Roman Empire is not the same thing as blessing that mm-hmm. nation. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I may be off my rocker, but I'm pretty sure that those two things do not relate. So um, Abraham is given this promise, a promise that Nicodemus knows very well and teaches and recognizes what it is and yet is confused mm-hmm. when, when Jesus says um you very truly i tell you in verse five no one can enter the kingdom of god unless you are born of water and the spirit so unless you are born in this new way born from above um alluding back to ezekiel 36 and 37 Mm -hmm. about giving a new spirit Uh, that's where we read about the dry bones coming together Mm -hmm. Um, unless you think about being completely born anew um, you will not understand what my kingdom looks like my kingdom Mm -hmm is not the kind of kingdom that you're hoping mm-hmm. that I'm going to bring about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even today for us as people living in this country in this time period, um, it's hard to wrap our minds around that because uncertainty can go a lot, like we can connect our uncertainties a lot with what we see around mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. In whatever way we see that culture is going, yeah. whether it's positive or negative or whether it's, you know, in my favor or not in my favor, those things can contribute to our uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, where is God in this? Or why isn't, you know, why aren't they with God? Mm-hmm. Whatever it might be, those uncertainties can creep in. And there's something about these texts that help us understand we are being called to something different. Mm-hmm. Something out there that we don't even really see to a land that I will show you. Mm-hmm. And um, to be a blessing along the way. Mm-hmm. And that's just, you know, that's just hard to, to wrestle with. Yeah. So I think that makes us, uns- even that makes us uncertain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a great place to take a break because there, there's so much to sit with there. Um, and I find it really interesting that like the things that the things that God asked Abraham to leave in that Genesis passage are things that we can often place our identity in, mm-hmm. our country, our mm-hmm. family, um, even today, you know? Yeah. And um, But we have to make the voice of God the loudest mm-hmm. in our life um, above those other ones. And um, We will never hear even, that voice unless Jenna, like her fast, unless we are silent, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like that's when we can hear that voice. Mm-hmm. So we're actually going to invite you to take a moment in silence right now. Um, We're going to break here and talk a little bit Um, without pausing this video. It might not seem to you (laughs) as if we break, but we're going to we're going to break here and we invite you to pause this video. 
um, and think about the ways in which you might have, you know, viewed th- viewed Jesus in a way that might not be how he longs for him to be viewed. Uh, mm-hmm. It might not be aligned with truth. You know, what, think about your thoughts on um, your ideas of what it does mean to be born again, or what it what Jesus, what God might be calling you to leave, like mm-hmm. Abraham, so that you can be born again from above. So we invite you to pause, reflect on that, sit in the silence of it, sit in the uncertainty of it, um, and then also take a moment to read all of these verses. Um, you can find them in the caption of this post. Read through those before pressing play again. And we'll continue our discussion uh, when you do. Well, welcome back. We hope that that pause was restorative for you and just uh, has allowed you to kind of be at a place where you can receive the rest of this conversation. Um, We left off seeing Abraham in the book of Genesis walking in really uncertain times, but with certainty in the Lord. You know, he had to leave everything he was certain about, trusting in God, um, in in how God was leading him, even though he had no idea what it would look like, what he was going towards, yeah. right? Um, and just trusting in those promises. And we see that really beautifully um, depicted in the, the Romans the Romans texts for yeah. today too. Yeah, Paul draws back to Abraham for a variety of reasons, but mm. the uh, the idea of receiving the promises of God and that is his faith, mm. that is what is considered to be his righteousness. It's not how good of a person he is or, mm. you know, his whatever you want to might typically think of righteousness. Mm. It is his response and trust in the Lord that is faith in God's promises. And so Paul draws attention to it. He says, therefore, the promise comes by faith so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham. So drawing attention to the Jews and the Gentiles, those who had the law and those who did not. Mm -hmm. And uh, then he says, as it is written, or, and he says, he is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God, in whom he believed. And this is crazy to me. Because Paul's drawing this into what Abraham believes. Mm-hmm. But think about the idea of Abraham believing in this. The God who gives life to the dead mm-hmm. and calls into being things that are not. Mm-hmm. That is uncertainty having faith in uncertainty like Mm -hmm. this this idea of Mm. how many times has he seen a resurrection Mm. how many times has he seen things being spoken into now we we see that with the promise of his son Mm -hmm. right that the promise that promise is is a realization of that like the inability to have children Mm -hmm. and now god speaks into existence the things that are not Mm. um but but that is abraham's journey and it is a journey that Nicodemus is not really on yet, right? No. Where mm-hmm. he's not able to believe in the God who is not, who, who's, who does things that maybe he's not expecting. And mm-hmm. I think that's pretty powerful that mm-hmm. Abraham has set that tone. Abraham is an example for us in that way of, of having that faith in the midst of uncertainty and the season of Lent, just trying to draw draw us back to that, Mm -hmm. um, in this season where we kind of dive into uncertainty. 
and having that faith in a God that um, does the unimaginable. Mm. And um, Nicodemus is needs to be born again into that, mm. to that understanding. Mm. And I think that's really powerful and, and something that we all can rest in. Like, I, I am uncertain about you, God, and the things that you promise, mm-hmm. I'm uncertain about. <laughs> the things that are for me and ahead of me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to trust in you along the way. And we're going to, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about that more in a second, but mm-hmm. I think that's really, really helpful. And Jesus invites Nicodemus into that type of trust. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look, you see that in his questioning and answering with mm-hmm. Nicodemus, um, going back to the John text in chapter three, mm-hmm. um, in verse three, it says, Jesus answered him and it says, truly, truly, I say to you, Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Um, and that word again, um, in my Bible, I have a little subscript that an alternative Greek word for it is from above. And so Jesus mm. is essentially saying to him, like, unless you're born from above, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Um, and so Nicodemus, it's interesting, instead of choosing that translation and choo- instead of leaning into this idea of being born above, instead he takes the literal translation mm-hmm. and presses into this idea of like, how can I be born again? Mm-hmm. Like, what does it look like? Do I have to mm-hmm. re-enter my mother's womb? Mm-hmm. Um, and so he kind of does not choose that translation of being born from above. He doesn't trust this idea um, and then Jesus again prompts him with this idea of being born of water and spirit and kind of tries to explain it to him mm-hmm. a second time. And then he does it a third time um, with this beautiful idea of Moses and the serpent in the desert and um, gives him that illustration as well. Because, I mean, Nicodemus would have known scripture, right? He yeah. knew the story of Abraham, but he also knows this story as well of Moses. Um, so I think it'd be good to look at that story a little bit more and what that is symbolizing for us. Yeah, it's. I, I find it interesting trying to look at these texts and see how they relate. And not just because that's our challenge for today, <laughs> but because the scripture is, the scriptures are always, should always be speaking to one another. Mm-hmm. They should always be drawing us to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And um, I, it's fascinating to see Jesus in the, the scriptures from the old covenant to the new covenant, whatever it might be. Um, and when Jesus draws Nicodemus's attention to Moses lifting up the snake on a pole, it's an it's an odd thing. It seems like an odd thing to bring mm-hmm. up because we're just talking about being born again, right? Mm-hmm. This, which in our, um, you know, in my upbringing, that just that idea is like asking Jesus into my heart. It has nothing to do with a snake on a pole. <laughs> but <clears throat> so they him bringing that up, as you said, Jenna, Nicodemus is aware of that story. And trying to see that in light of what Abraham has said or is promised that I will bless you so you will be a blessing. And then the Lord says, and, and he, and the one who curses you, I will curse. Mm-hmm. It is, it is hard to look at that text <clears throat> and not personalize it. One, one challenge is for us not even to see that it, or for us to see that it is not even to us specifically, right? It is to Abraham and to his descendants, and we are brought into that by faith, but it's originally to not even to the Gentile people, mm-hmm. right? So there's that challenge. But then to see what this promise is, that God will bless Abraham and his descendants so that they will be a blessing, and learning to live that is a challenge enough. But then reading that part about who the one who curses you, I will curse. Like, what, is that, what does that mean? 
And a lot of times, again, if we personalize it, it's like, one, I don't want to be cursed. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be in the, the, the cursed camp. <laughs> or two, um, I, I have some ideas of people that I would like <laughs> to be cursed. So if they've cursed you, God, great. I'm looking forward to you getting <laughs> back mm-hmm. at them. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's very... Um, I don't think that's the way we should look at it. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of small and about me. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we look at it in terms of what Jesus brings up with the snake on a pole, when we think about that story, uh, the people have left a land. God has brought them out of Egypt. They're complaining about leaving that land. They're complaining about the food and water that they don't have. And God brings a curse, in a sense, mm-hmm. with the snakes. The snakes come and they bite some of them and some of them die. And the people in, uh, people call out to Moses, intercede to the Lord for us. Do something because this whole business of like the snakes eating up on us is not working. We don't like it. <laughs> and so what does Moses do? He prays the Lord. And the Lord says, put this pole up. And it's like this snake, this serpent on a, po- a pole. <laughs> and what's, what's uh, I mean, it's a crazy story in general. But what's fascinating about it is what was a curse to the people is now a blessing to them. Mm-hmm. The snakes that were biting them and and uh, killing them is now a blessing to them. God has taken this curse and made it a blessing because the idea is that they would look up on the on the snake on the pole and that they would be restored. That they would be um, they would be uh, they would have life in the Lord. And so Jesus brings this up to Nicodemus. And we, we're already thinking, the three of us at least, and, the, and whoever's listening to this podcast, are thinking, okay, Genesis, like Abraham's given this promise, blessing and cursing, and Jesus brings up this story about snakes that are cursed and, and how the, the, the curse becomes a blessing for them to find life. Jesus brings this up because he is pointing to the fact that he, like the serpent on a pole, will be lifted up. The son of man will be lifted up. And the scriptures actually point to Jesus as the one cursed on a tree. And so in a, in a fascinating way, the curse has become our blessing by us looking up to the Lord. And even when we read that story about the, the, in Genesis about this promise to Abraham, we can read the one who curses, I will curse because it's from the Lord. It is a part of his blessing. It is a part of his goodness. He is always good. Everything he does is good. So the, even that curse that seems fearful to us is actually a part of his blessing. That he will bring about good. And so Nicodemus needs to be born again into that. Mm-hmm. And when we think about that, like that, I love that. Because like I said, being born again, growing up, I often just assumed it's me asking Jesus into my heart. But when you think about the change that is being required or asked of Nicodemus, that he would have this kind of faith, of the kind of faith of Abraham, to believe in who this Jesus is and to be willing to be born, to start anew, right? To leave those ideas that he had about God behind. And Jesus is calling him to something more, to a life of blessing, to continuing the yeah. promise that was given all the way back to Abraham. He is a teacher of that law. Mm-hmm. So he's drawn to this, I, hopefully, and we, we see at the end with Jesus, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. at the end of the story, Nicodemus is part of it. But in this moment, is he drawn to that, of being mm-hmm. able to 
to see that I I need to be I need to lift my eyes up hmm. to the one hmm. who will be lifted up, and uh, it's it I love that the idea that he can see because of Jesus the one cursed for us the one condemned for us, and that. John text ends. Mm-hmm. He did not come into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. Mm-hmm. Um, that's uh, that's his love, mm-hmm. and um, Nicodemus needs to be brought into that mm-hmm. to be born again, to un- and to be and to be born again to un- to grasp it. Yeah, yeah that's good. <clears throat> and I think that's something that that God continually does is he he calls us to look in a different way, right? Mm-hmm. He he calls us to to reframe our eyes a little bit and to put on the, his lenses, right? Mm-hmm. The Christocentric lens or whatever, yeah. um, to see as Jesus sees. And, and so he's calling Nicodemus to see in a different kind of way, to, to look up. Um, you know, Abraham was able to be certain in the midst of his uncertainty because of where his focus was, right? Mm-hmm. He was looking in the right place. Um, Nicodemus hasn't yet looked in the right place, um, but Jesus is calling into that, like see something different than what you normally saw, mm-hmm. um, and, and see that this is kind of beyond, like don't don't look at the flesh, like look at the spirit type thing, mm-hmm. right? Born of the spirit, not just of the flesh, uh, and, and so he's calling him to to look at things differently, um, and I think that brings us nicely to to our Psalm one twenty one passage, where it just very, very much at the very beginning tells us what it says in Psalm yeah. 121, beginning at verse one, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Mm-hmm. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And and it continues on. But, but looking at that, like, that's what we're called to do is to lift up our eyes, to realize like, even in uncertainty, this is where we can be certain is we lift our eyes to him. He is our helper. And our help comes from the Lord. He's the maker of all these things. And so <clears throat> life may feel like super uncertain. Um, you may be, be uncertain about some of the promises of God or some things that you've prayed for, not seen the resolution of, or whatever the uncertainty might be. But he tells us right here, hey, God is in control. He is our Lord. He is our helper. He is the maker of all these things. And so what must we do in our uncertainty? Well, we just lift our eyes up to Him, and that's where we draw our certainty from. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's the, this beautiful woven tapestry of like all these things of calling us to lean into Him, to trust in Him, to lift up our eyes to Him, because mm-hmm. um, the certainty doesn't come from mm-hmm. us or our circumstances; it comes from our Lord. Mm-hmm. So, and just to to tie that in even more, I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Uh, mm-hmm. That symbolism of Jesus on the cross. On the mountain, mm-hmm. um, he's he is the one that we're looking to when we lift mm-hmm. our eyes up. Mm-hmm. It's not a beautiful sunrise, it's not a nice fog that's laying down mm-hmm. on the trees. Mm-hmm. Like when we lift our eyes up, it is it is the the Son of Man hanging on a pole, mm-hmm. and that is that is what gives us a a confidence because one of the things, and we've talked about this before, and we'll continue to talk about it. One of the things that makes us uncertain, one of the things that makes us fearful is the whole idea of death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when am I going to die? When are the people close mm-hmm. to me going to die? Jesus has demonstrated that he's with us mm-hmm. in our dying. Mm-hmm. We don't even need to be uncertain about that. Mm-hmm. He is with us. He, is, he has gone before us. He is with us in our dying. And the Psalm, as you, as you started it off, it ends great well mm. as well. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forevermore. Mm. Mm. We do not need to fear death. We do not need to um, 
be uncertain about it. It's going to happen. As uh, Chris Green, the teacher I listen to a lot, he says, he is the God who does not keep us from dying, but mm -hmm. he saves us from death. Mm -hmm. We wow. will die mm -hmm. and we will, um, just as Jesus does. Mm -hmm. And um, hopefully not in the same way. <laughs> <laughs> but we, but we, look, we look ahead with hope because of that. Mm -hmm. If he just stayed alive, if he pulled an Elijah, and just went up into heaven, hmm. we would not have that to hold on to. That's true. That God died for us and with hmm. us. So, um, yeah, uncertainty. Hmm. I like how, too, like a lot of these passages pulls on uncertainty and moments of vulnerability. So, like hmm. the call for Abraham, like, leave everything. Like, mm -hmm. that's, that's a vulnerable thing. Mm -hmm. um, this idea of Nicodemus, like, he's in this vulnerable moment of, like, do I, like, leave this tradition that I've clung to in this, mm -hmm. this community where I'm well-respected and, and um, seen in a positive light? Like, do mm -hmm. I leave that for, for this man? Like, you know, that's a moment of vulnerability. Even in Psalm 121, like, this idea of, um, it, go, it says in verse 4, like he keeps Israel who will not he who keeps Israel will neither sleep nor slumber like sleeping mm -hmm. is vulnerability right yeah. and so mm -hmm. just this idea of do we recognize ourselves in these moments of vulnerability and instead of clamoring for control ourselves are we willing to sit in uncertainty um, and trust the one who doesn't sleep in slumber yeah. who mm -hmm. the one who does have control um, and that's what Jesus is calling Nicodemus to, like, like be born up mm -hmm. above, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But instead, like, that, yeah, Nicodemus chooses a different path in the immediate context that we're mm -hmm. talking about. I love that you draw that out about sleep. Yeah, because we can be uncertain about death, mm -hmm. but even going to sleep at night sometimes, right? <laughs> yes. Just the restlessness because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. mm -hmm. we, we have a hard time trusting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So thank you, Jenna. Good. Thank you, Ben. Mm. Thank, you. Thank, Thank you, Jason. Jason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. And the even the vulnerability of as we're giving up things for Lent, I mean, like Jason, we're we're approaching, at least in our recording time here, the time that like yeah. you're getting hungry yeah, and you not, want and I to eat. A lunch. No. Yeah. And so there's even vulnerabilities there where we're uh, giving things up and just needing to learn to trust in the Lord, even, even mm. during those times. Um, but we want to we want to call you um to something every week and i think this week builds so beautifully mm. on the previous weeks um because we're going to invite you um to spend more time in prayer this week um specifically even praying in the dark not even just mm. the dark is in uncertain times mm -hmm. but like i don't maybe turn out the lights too <laughs> and um just because even that uh um that sensory input that will be lacking there um, mm. can kind of help focus you in and in sitting in silence with mm. the Lord and in prayer with the Lord. And a couple things as far as prayer with the Lord goes, bridging off of last week, confession should be a part of our prayer. And, mm. um, you know, our gaze looking up helps us to take off those blinders and not hide from mm. the Lord, but to run from Him. Mm. Um, or sorry, That's run to good. Him as our yeah. hiding place. It just mm. beautifully bridges mm. um, together. So we encourage you to sit in prayer, allow confession um, to continue, uh, you know, off of your practice last week, allow that to be a part of your prayer this week. Um, and if you don't know where to start in prayer, um, a couple things, and you guys can feel free to chime mm -hmm. in because um, I know that you uh, uh, practice prayer uh, all the time <laughs> as well. But um, a couple things that if you don't know, even know where to start, sometimes just if you don't have the words, I, I think there's two things we can do when we don't have the words is even just speaking the name of Jesus because there is power in it. There is mm -hmm. freedom in it. Um, 
it is transformative and, um, and then turning to scripture. Um, so much of scripture we can use as a prayer, even this Psalm, Psalm 121. I mean, mm. that can be your prayer. Mm. Um, if you are sitting in the dark, it might be a little hard to see it, but, <laughs> but we encourage you, you know, you can read through this. I will lift my eyes up to the hills for where, from where my help does come from. Um, and on and on. And just as a reminder to your spirit of the truth, um, of where you should be looking and, um, and of what you can be certain in, even in uncertainty. Um, so we encourage you in that and we look forward to seeing you again next week.